If you would, turn with me to Romans 8 and verse 12. We're going to read through verse 17. And it reads, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Verse 14 says, For as many are led by the Spirit of God. These are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Verse 17 says, And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Thank you guys. I think that that passage of scripture is so important for us to dissect um, as we move through the Affirm series. I was thinking about today, and I, and I had been meditating on this scripture, and a book came a book came to mind, a book I've read tons of times. And um, I asked the kids, hey, do you guys have that? Do, you, do we have that book? Because we own, I mean, just an incredible amount of books. Um, but I asked them to go look for the book, and they kind of found the book, kind of yes, kind of no. And so the book I had them look for um, was Are You My Mother? And I like that book, and, it, and you read the book, and the kids laugh because you go through the book, and the little bird, he falls out of the nest, and he gets separated from his family. And um, he goes around, and he's asking, are you my mother? And he asks different animal groups, and he goes to them, and he's like, are you my mother? Are you my mother? And it, when you read it with kids that are young enough, they start shouting back at the book. And so they shout at the book, and they're like, no! That's not your mother. And um, because they know very clearly that the bird doesn't look like the different animal groups that he's asking, that he's trying to be accepted by. Um, and so even the kids from the outside looking in can say, like, no, you don't, you don't belong there. No, you don't belong there. No, you don't belong there. No, you don't belong there. But the bird in the situation, he really doesn't know where he belongs. And so he's searching for any and everything to accept him because all all he wants is home. All he wants to know is where he belongs. And now I say that the kids kind of found the book because what they found was, it is me, mama. So I was like, okay, kind of yes, kind of no, you know. Um, but any of you all know our oldest is bilingual, and so we have a, um, a good amount of Spanish books as well. Um, and I said, you know what? And they said, you, do you want us to go back and look for the other one? I said, no, this one's fine. Um, because what we're talking about today is almost like a foreign language to people. And so it is me, mama will do just fine. Because while we may recognize the cover and we may recognize the story, we don't really grasp the sonship and the adoption of God. 
And so we've been like these birds and we've heard it, but we don't really understand it. And so I want to preach a message today entitled, Eres Mi Papa. When we read in Romans 8, it talks about the concept of sonship and adoption. And in the natural, we think we know it, we think we've heard the story before, but we haven't really got a hold of it because we actually operate in opposition to the spirit of adoption. The father-child relationship is such a key relationship to our development. When you think about the father-child relationship, this is where our identity is formed. It should create the platform for the relationship that as you come into, um, into age, that you get to know your heavenly father by that same pattern of identity coming from your natural father. Um, knowing the father's love is important and it is necessary for a believer to function as a healthy member of the body of Christ. Many of us, we've been like that bird and we seek to belong, but our spirit has been led by other things. In Romans 8, it says, for as many as are led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Ever since Adam and Eve fell into sin, their automatic response to their own sin was to isolate themselves. They were never isolated, they were never put out, they were never shunned by God. Because the key is that God never leaves us. We leave him. And we've tried to spin it and make it like he's leaving us, but all the while he's never left us. We simply have walked away from him. Our society has experienced the breakup of the build and God's plan for the family. Um, because more now than ever, the father is absent completely or even absent from the home. And while there are many who are mature, we actually have some awesome blended families in this church. Um, but while there are many who are mature, amen, um, that are mature, there still is a lack of affirmation that comes when the father is not present even in the household. And so what we experience as a society is the abandonment and rejection of not having a father. And even when we say we're okay, we say we're over it, you can't say that you don't need something that God made you to need. So I don't care how much you say you don't need air, you need air. I don't care how much you say you can live without water, you need water. But we've coped and convinced ourselves that we don't actually need it, which means we then move forward in the spirit of rejection and not being led by the spirit. Our trust is broken. Our trust and God has been broken. And every time he's brought up as father, as much as we don't want to make the parallel, the parallel is made. And so it's time for us to mend this and a healing must take place, but you cannot walk through healing unless you denounce what you've been partnered with. And so we have to become led by the spirit and not led by rejection. The spirit that is the sonship, uh, related to sonship, is the spirit of adoption. 
The opposite of that is the orphan spirit. The orphan spirit is one that I became most in tune with when we moved here to San Bernardino. Now, I cannot say I had never seen it before, even dealt with it myself, but it was so prevalent here. And it works against the spirit of adoption. It's something that people struggle with in the body of Christ as well as in our society, period, in the world. It is a demonic spirit that invades a person. It invades them in their mind, and it causes a sense of abandonment. It causes loneliness, fear, alienation, isolation, and it often attaches itself to somebody who has experienced a great deal of rejection. So for some of us, it may not be the natural father, but the door was opened by some way of extreme rejection. And so rejection was experienced, and then you took on the orphan spirit. We've been walking around just like that bird, and because we were neglected, or because we were dropped, or because we haven't seen it, we've been walking around like orphans, unable to feel the affirmation of both God and the affirmation of heaven at wide. The orphan spirit refers to a spiritual condition. And what it looks like is, it looks like Christians who profess that Jesus is Lord, they profess God is Father, but secretly, deep down, they have to suppress rejection. Deep down, they suppress this experience that they know, were they to utter, it would be a contradiction to what they actually believe. Deep down, those that struggle with the orphan spirit have to actually take a daily struggle with the idea that God actually loves them. Because we feel that the circumstances of our life bring it into question. The spirit of adoption combats the orphan spirit. The spirit of adoption is laid out in Romans 8. And in verse 15, it's called the spirit of adoption. This struggle with self-worth makes it difficult for people who struggle with that orphan spirit to maintain healthy relationships. They are having a hard time maintaining these relationships because their original identity with father and with their father to God the father has been shaken. When we look at a child who gets adopted it's a beautiful thing. Um, we had a few families through my school who have gone through this process. And the reason why I say it is beautiful is because this family literally chooses to take on this child. And so for many of you, you have not experienced um, this type of fatherhood with your natural father um, because keep it real, some of you just were not your father's choice. He didn't want you then, and he don't want you now. And it's a difficult thing for you to swallow. And so when you feel that, then this sense of, well, that'll always be your dad, and people say stuff like that, and it's like, well, yes and no. Because it's not just a position, it's an expression. And so not that I, I choose to dishonor, 
However, it does not take away the fact that that void is still there. But the difference with the spirit of adoption is that you were chosen. And when you walk through the adoption process, there's no way that the adopted family ends up with something they did not choose. Because as they go through that process, they see everything about them. They get to have visits. They get to see um, their future. They get to see their potential by looking at their pedigree and looking at their IQ and looking at different tests and things like that. And then knowing everything that they know about them, um, they give a report of the child's behavior before the adoption. They have to disclose the information about the child before they walk through adoption. They have to disclose any health concerns, any health challenges they may have had, anything that happened at birth. All of that is disclosed before the adoption. And so while we may make the connection with uh, being born into a natural family, it is very different. It's very different because you were chosen. And by the spirit of adoption, he makes it clear that not only am I your father, but I selected you knowing everything about you. And I still chose you. I selected you knowing your shortcomings, and I still chose you. And yes, it fills a void that nothing else can fill. The family Um, that usually goes through the adoption and adopts a child. Usually, um, in most cases, because that child is in that situation, the adopted family is able to provide better care than what the original family was able to offer. For many of us, we think that the care that we get in Christ is comparable to the care that we received in our family. But if you were under enough care, you wouldn't have needed to be adopted. And so you cannot hold a grudge against what you did not get because it's stopping you from receiving what he's trying to give. The spirit of adoption combats that orphan spirit. When we look at the orphan spirit, it operates out of insecurity. The orphan spirit tries to hide their limitations. The orphan spirit tries to hide their shortcomings. The orphan spirit resents the success of others. Because when they see others succeeding, they think it takes away from them. Imagine being a child on a chopping block and all you want is for a family to pick you. As soon as somebody else gets chosen, you feel like your chance is less that you will actually be chosen. And so they resent, they literally mourn as they see others succeed around them. The orphan spirit judges the weaknesses of others. The orphan spirit judges the weaknesses of leaders in particular because they are constantly replaying that authority that did not deliver where they needed it delivered. The orphan spirit second guesses good intention. The orphan spirit is skeptical without reason. That's that person that you talk to and they say, I just don't feel like I belong. And then you ask that person why and they can't pinpoint any reason why. It's an orphan spirit. Because they are insecure for no reason. 
I just feel like everybody's talking about me. Who? What they say. Did they say it to you? It was in a look. That's the orphan spirit. The orphan spirit is so insecure that they need a constant reassurance of the people around them. That's that person that gets dressed at home, but if the minute they're in the presence of their peers, nobody says that they look nice, they then second guess how they actually look. Because the orphan spirit needs to constantly be affirmed over and over and over and over in the natural because they are insecure about everything related to their purpose. The orphan spirit, they lack confidence in their spiritual and ministry gifts. So even if you've been appointed to something, you've been chosen, your leaders had a choice of 20 people, 30 people, 300 people, and they chose you to do something, the orphan spirit will make you feel like you're not good enough. Even after you were selected for it above others, the orphan spirit will cause you to be protective and territorial about everything you do get. Because the orphan spirit says, these few little things that I have in my bag is maybe all that I'll ever get for the rest of my life or for a long period of time because I don't have somebody constantly caring for me. And so the orphan spirit causes you to grab hold and hold tight. The orphan spirit is a stingy spirit. They don't want to share. They don't want anybody else to get the glory over what they are responsible for. They are insecure. Matthew 10 and 29 says, Are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin? And not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. The way we combat the spirit of the orphan spirit is with the spirit of adoption, the spirit of sonship. And this spirit functions out of love and acceptance. And so as we combat that orphan spirit, we have to begin to recite over ourselves affirmations from his word of love and acceptance, of love and acceptance, of love and acceptance. And it's not about being accepted by everyone, and it's not about it being loved by everyone, but the spirit of sonship knows I am loved by some, I am loved by many, I am accepted by some, I am accepted by many, and they do not magnify those minuscule moments where they may have been rejected. The second thing about the orphan spirit is it tries to cope through physical stimulation. The orphan spirit has to medicate that deep down void that they have. And the way that they medicate it is to get stuff. The more stuff they get, the more accepted they feel. The more stuff they get, the more they feel like they belong. And so what they do is they constantly push down their loneliness by being surrounded by more and more and more and more and more people. And it's never enough. You ever see a person who has people that they hang out with and call friend, but they're lonely? It's an orphan spirit. Because those people are present, 
but they're not filling that deep void. And it's not for them to actually feel, but you wonder like, okay, you're always around all these people. It's because those people, they're trying to fill a void. It's like taking a little piece of rice and trying to patch a hole in the wall. But we do it every single day. And so they cope through physical stimulation. They push down their loneliness by constantly working. Workaholics usually deal with the orphan spirit. They go from one relationship to the next relationship. There's no breaks in the relationships. Why? Because then they would have to be with themselves. And if they spend time with themselves, they are overwhelmed with the grief and the void of that God-sized hole. They get material possessions. They work on their physical appearance more than they work on their spiritual appearance. These are the people who exercise, who wear makeup, who go shopping, who do all of this stuff to their outer appearance. And you ask them about their devotional life and they stutter. It's an orphan spirit. Because the orphan spirit will make you think that working out here can somehow feel what you feel inside. And it makes you obsessed with material possessions. The orphan spirit posts every time they get something new. Because they're looking for the affirmation of others. You ever seen anybody pull up in a brand new car, they get out, you're standing there and they say, did you see my new car? Well, yeah, because you just drove up in it. So yeah, I seen it. That's nice. That's... That's nice. But the orphan spirit makes you highlight to others your own material possessions. This is why people are willing to talk to you about the raise they got, but not the sin they fell in. This is why I have entire relationships. I have entire relationships with people where they'll tell me what's going well, what's going right, who gave them a promotion, who told them they look good, who's interested in them, how much money they got in the bank, all the connections, all the favor, everything that's happening great with them, but nothing about their soul. It's an orphan spirit. They are obsessed with physical stimulation. They strive to gain satisfaction through the use of various things. And so the way that they dress, the way that they look is their way of standing out as unique, but it is a cry for attention due to a lack of self-esteem and due to a lack of fatherly affirmation. Matthew 6 and 31 gives us a tool for it. And he says, therefore, do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles seek for your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added on to you. Those who walk in true sonship are so grounded in their father's affirmation of them that they can be satisfied 
living in the background and having what would be considered average or below average level of success in the natural world. This is why you see people who are happy and content with where they are. Not that they don't have dreams, not that they don't have aspirations, but they genuinely are happy with what they're living right now because their affirmation comes from heaven. The third thing about the orphan spirit is that it is driven by the need for success. So it's insecure, it seeks physical stimulation, and it is driven by the need for success. The orphan spirit serves God to earn the Father's love. This is why we find ourselves in this position telling the Lord what we did for him. It's an orphan spirit. Because you thought that you were owed more because of what you did. And so we've even taken serving in the church and made it a daddy see me, see me, see me, see me, see me, see me worship, see me serve, see me come early, see me stay late. Daddy, daddy, see me, see me, daddy, daddy, see me, see me, daddy, daddy, see me, see me. Because the truth is your daddy haven't seen you your whole life. And there was something in you that made you think you could be a better child and he will want you more. It wouldn't have made a difference, honey. There was something in you that said, if I didn't get in trouble as much, he would want me more. If I, if I didn't cause him so many headaches, he would have stayed with me. And the truth is that we'll actually never know about your natural father. We'll never know. But it is separate from your adoption. Your paperwork has been filed. The ink is dry. You have been adopted. And the daddy you have in God made a choice. And there's nothing you could ever do. You can't become a problem child for God. It doesn't matter how many notes get sent home on you. It doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter the headache. It doesn't matter the money you cost. It doesn't matter because this daddy, he's chosen you. And it has nothing to do with how successful you are according to the flesh. But the orphan spirit is constantly striving to accomplish great things to earn the father's love. There are entire people who went into careers of ministry, traditional ministry, because they were trying to get the affirmation of God the Father. These are where you find churches full of bitter people because they're led by a bitter pastor. This is where you find churches where the pastor, the ministry leaders are in competition with the parishioners where they have to assert themselves on how much better they are than the, par the partners and congregants in the church because it's being used as a level of success to achieve affirmation from God. The orphan spirit is driven to succeed and they're led by that instead of being led by the spirit. The orphan spirit, the person has a hard time accepting and loving themselves. With the orphan spirit, failure is seemed as final. 
because they think that that was their one chance. They don't realize the massive, broad line of chances that a real father actually gives. And then the word gives us a solution. Ephesians 1 and 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. That means it brings him joy to teach you. It brings him joy to help you become an overcomer. It brings you joy to make you more than a conqueror. It brings him joy to clean you up. It brings him joy to get glory out of your mess. It brings him joy to be called your dad. He's not embarrassed by you. He's not hiding you. He's not trying to get away from paying the bill for you. He puts himself up first and he says, I volunteer to be their dad. It says, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. The spirit will lead the mature son to his calling and mission outside of who recognizes it in the natural. The spirit of sonship has their own track of success, and that success is only deemed by being in the will of God. It has nothing to do with money. It has nothing to do with accolades. It has nothing to do with being recognized. Do you know how many times I've heard people say, I just feel like I'm not appreciated? By who? And it's usually the people around. But who needs the acceptance of others when you have been accepted by God? And the reason why we're seeking that is because we don't recognize the acceptance that God has made for us. When I walk on a new job, part of that confidence that I walk on with is that I've been selected for this position. And so I don't have to walk in trying to ask my colleagues if they approve that I'm here. Are you okay that I'm here? Are you okay that I'm here? Is it okay that I'm here? Am I doing a good job? Do you like me? Am I doing this right? No, it has nothing to do with it because the authority that actually matters has already affirmed and accepted who you are and it had nothing to do with the job that you did there because they accepted you and affirmed you before you ever did a job there. And it doesn't mean that once you get there, you get to not perform. But what it means is you don't have to strive for that. You've already been accepted. Those walking in sonship are filled with this divine love and acceptance that allows them to walk confidently in the joy of the Lord. We talk about the joy of the Lord being our strength. You will forever be weak if you are looking for um, affirmation and acceptance outside of the father why is that because people don't have the capacity to sustain you they just don't have it in them 
everybody goes through their bad seasons. Everybody is going to go through their own stuff. So at some point, people will not be enough for you. Which is why the orphan spirit moves from relationship to relationship. They move from church to church because as soon as their needs are not felt by a place that's not actually supposed to feel their need, then they move on and they're just looking for it to be filled. But alone, the church doesn't have it for you, baby. They're going to screw up, I'm telling you right now, from the top to the bottom. From me to him to the leaders to the pastor. We don't, we don't have it to be your 100% sustainment. Your family, they don't have it. They, they, they love you, you know, even when it's twisted. They love you, but they don't have what you need to completely sustain you. They care about you. They sometimes want to see you do well until they fall into the orphan spirit themselves. Then they want to see you fail. But you don't need to be moved by that because you need to shift your attention and focus to where it's supposed to come from. And just like that little bird, you've been looking for your people. And you've been looking for your people. Instead of resting and being still in the knowledge of God. And what he has called you and what he has called you to. The orphan spirit acts in isolation. The orphan spirit has a heightened response to common events. The orphan spirit will have someone correct them. And their response is, they hate me. It's a heightened response to a common event. The orphan spirit will speak to somebody and the person doesn't speak back to them. And the orphan spirit will say, they don't like me. It's a heightened response to a common event. I'm not talking about people being assaulted. I'm not talking about people shooting people. I'm not talking about extreme events. I'm talking about everyday common events, things that happen. They didn't call me back. They didn't text me back. They didn't say hi. They drove by and didn't wave. They got sick and didn't come to my birthday party. I'm talking about common everyday events. But the orphan spirit has a heightened response to it. You ever seen a child who was like estranged from their father and their father promises that they're going to pick them up? For some of you, that was you. You can see yourself right now with your bag packed and you sitting on the stairs or you sitting in the living room and you looking out the window and you like waiting for them to pull up or you waiting for them to call something and you sit there and you sit there and you sit there and it doesn't happen and it doesn't happen and the reason why it breaks your heart so much is because it is like it only happens once in a lifetime and so you had everything riding on that Whereas for the father who is in their child's life, who is stable in the home, if they tell their kids they're coming by, they're going to take them for ice cream at 5 o'clock, and they don't show up, then that kid says they'll take me tomorrow. See, but it's the same situation. Both the kids were waiting for ice cream. 
But one has been affirmed and has that father and that confidence and that trust in daddy God so that they're not easily shaken or easily moved by the everyday common event. And so what they then do is they withdraw physically. They withdraw emotionally from others. Why? Because they don't want to put it all out there because they don't want to lose a little bit they got left. They only got a little bit of hope left. They only got a little bit of promise left. They can only take so many more broken ice cream dates. And so because they can't take it, they're not willing to even be vulnerable. And so God's saying, here you go, here you go, here you go, here you go. But you won't even give him your all because you're just not sure of what he's going to do with it. You're just not confident that he is going to work on your behalf protect you and do what he said he would do this is why we can sing songs about great is your faithfulness and people not even moved i kid you not we start singing great is thy faithfulness and i'd be like oh god like on the flow i'm trying to hold it together like wait a minute kid you come on you can't be melting like come on you just come on pull it together he's faithful but you're going to pull it make it vertical make it vertical don't lose yourself but when you don't actually believe it, you can sing, great is your faithfulness, your faithfulness, your promise still stands, this is my confidence, you never, because you don't believe it. And because you don't actually believe it, you cannot take a hold of it. And so you have decided to withdraw from the promises that have been given to you. You declined in response to his promise. The orphan spirit never feels apart. They never feel apart. It's that kid that, you know, is on the sideline. You keep asking him, do you want to play? No. You want to play? No. I, I, can, I sit next, here next to you. I'll eat with you. Okay. Then when you do sit with them, they don't say nothing. Hey, what you want? You all right? Yeah. I mean, think about committing suicide. But you all right? Yes. Why? Because the orphan spirit will cause you to be dishonest with the people who can actually give you help. Why? Because the orphan spirit does not believe in good intentions. The orphan spirit is so skeptical that the good intentions of those who are supposed to have them don't even exist anymore. They have this attitude of independence and this instinctness to go it alone because deep down they feel that they do not belong. So this is why the uh, orphan spirit will make you try to build a house by yourself. The orphan spirit will have people driving by. When I lived in Tulsa, the, the Mormons, they used to ride by on the bikes. And they used to ask you if you need help. I was working in the yard. Eight months pregnant. He was at work. I was bored. You know what I mean? So I was working in the yard. I'm like, I'm just going to replant this real quick before I had this baby. So I was replanting the, the, the front and putting the little bricks out there. It looked nice, too. And the Mormons drove by, and I had a decision to make. They were there, available, ready to help me, but I had to take a chance on them. I had to take a chance that they weren't trying to rob me. 
that they weren't trying to beat me down. It was more of them than there was of me. I had to take a chance. For many of us, the orphan spirit has overcome us so much that we're not even willing to take the chance anymore. We got access to everything we need, and we're not even willing to take a chance anymore because we have been beat down into isolation. And so we're going it alone. Romans 1 and 11 says, For I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gifts so that you may be established. That is, that I may be encouraged together with you by the mutual faith both of you and me. There is a benefit to coming together, partnering together in faith. But the orphan spirit, if it can get you alone, then it can instill and dig deeper roots into all of the manifestations of its ugliness. When you're in the, um, the presence of community, the orphan spirit cannot take root because community keeps on plucking up every seed. But when you get by yourself, those seeds have, have no choice but to grow because inside of community, they're weeding you. And so they see that seed and they just pluck it. They see something coming up, mm, girl, no. That's not, mm, no, mm, no, mm. Really? All the time we do. And so we weed each other. We de-seed things. But when you're by yourself, you're by yourself. Everything that can takes root. And you are in isolation. Sons and daughters embrace their interdependence. They embrace the interdependence and need for each other. That's the spirit of sonship. That's why in the scripture it says you are joint heirs with Christ. That's interdependence right there. So he didn't just say you're an heir to the throne this way. But he said you are a joint heir parallel with Christ. Why? Because he's enforcing in you the spirit of interdependence. If you say you don't need people, orphan spirit. You don't need the church, orphan spirit. You don't need a pastor, orphan spirit. You don't need a leader, orphan spirit. You don't need friends, orphan spirit. You don't need a daddy, orphan spirit. You don't need your family, orphan spirit. There's an orphan spirit. The last thing about the orphan, orphan spirit is this. It is always in competition with others. Jealousy and comparison are the best friends of the orphan spirit. They have a hard time even uh, hearing praise as it is related to those around them. They always try to outdo others, one-up them. These are the people who have to always take credit. So something happens, I tell, um, you know, Jasmine, that was a great idea, and then, you know, somebody else on first impression stand up and say, mm-hmm, I came up with that. It's an orphan spirit. It's jealousy and competition. It's people posting up pictures of they baby, and then you post the pictures of your baby, and then you look and see who got more likes or comments. It's you judging who came to your party versus who came to they party. It's you judging how many people told you congratulations versus how many people told them congratulations. It's how they responded when you preach versus how they responded when they preach. It's how they responded when you sing versus how they responded when they sing. It's how they responded to your gift versus how they responded to their gift. It's a comparison spirit. And it's like an orphan because the orphan feels like it's a lottery. Like he can't love us all. 
And so when he, um, when you see favor on somebody else's life, you feel like there's not enough left for you. They receive their identity from being better than everyone else. And when they're not better, they choose not to do it. This is why you see people and you're like, but you are so good at it. But in their mind, if they feel like they cannot be the best, they don't try. It's an orphan spirit. Because they tried their best when the families came looking for them. They tried their best at home. They tried their best for their daddy. They tried their best on their job. They've been trying their best their whole life. They've been trying their best their whole life. And when they were not the best in their eyes, they feel like that's the reason why they were rejected. The orphan spirit will use people as objects to fulfill goals as part of that competition. And so people are not actually people. They're just objects to get to the place where they want to go. And so it's, it looks like I'm with you now for what you can do for me. So you're a good person to be now. You're a good friend to be now for what you can do for me. But after I get access to what you have access, you're no longer a good friend. All of a sudden... You just not, you just all of a sudden not a good friend anymore. Why? Because that person was probably operating in the spirit of the, of the orphan. And so you were just a tool. You weren't really a person to them. So I know it hurt your feelings when, um, when they walked out of your life. I know it hurt your feelings when they said you never did anything for them. What they actually mean is they're done getting what they needed from you and you were never anything to them. And so what you need to do is open your mouth and tell the Lord, thank you, because he saved you for being used as a tool for somebody's orphan spirit. Because if what you are to them changed in a day you were never nothing to them but many of us we've held on to that but we've been trapped in the trap of somebody's orphan spirit and their delusional ways of thinking so be made free be made whole first corinthians 12 and 18 says but now god has set the members each one of them in the body just as he pleased and if they were all one member where would the body be we don't have time to be in competition with each other. The spirit of adoption, the spirit of sonship is always blessing others. It's always affirming others. Today, while we were watching that video, Apostle leaned over to me and he said, can we take Julia home with us? And I said, no, I don't think her husband would be okay with that. But what he meant by that is she is a constant source of blessing. Listen. Even when, even when she don't agree, she be like, Pastor, I just don't understand. I'm going to need a minute to pray. And I'm going to come back and talk to you about this. And that's the way she disagrees. The spirit of sonship is always thinking of how they can bless others. Because the spirit of sonship realizes what they're saying right here in 1 Corinthians 12 and 18. You need all parts of the body. And if your hand is in competition with your foot, and every time your feet start walking, your hands try to get down there too. No, me first. No, me, me. Because your hand is trying to be your foot. That's how we look as a body. Because one gets up to prophesy and you're like, I'm on the prophetic team too. I see too, me too, me too, me too. 
How silly does that look? For your neck to try to be your ankle. The spirit of sonship finds value in every part of the body. The spirit of sonship finds value in their part in the body because we need you. And it doesn't matter who didn't need you. Why? Because God's affirmation, his hand is upon you. He adopted you and he said, I want one like that in my house. I want to take one like that home with me. I don't care the rap sheet that you're given. I don't care how many people came in here and said they didn't want them. I don't care who said they were ugly. I don't care who said they were stupid. I didn't care who said they weren't enough. That's who I want. And I want you to sign the paperwork and let me take them with me now. Stand on your feet with me. Jesus. The only way to break the orphan spirit is to come out of agreement with the lies you've been letting it tell you. Because <laughs> the truth is, the first time, it was a thought and it was imposed on you. But two, three times later, you started agreeing with it. You started agreeing that you weren't enough. You started agreeing with everything that it was saying to you. And so you came into agreement with the insecurity. You came into agreement with always being in competition. You came into agreement with the isolation. You came into agreement with the needing of physical stimulation. You came into agreement with it. And so if you're done being outside, you're done looking at the window and having those broken promises and you say today, I accept my adoption. Because the paperwork's been filed, the blood's been shed, the ink is dry. But because we are of age, and it is still possible, um, people, adopt, people will adopt kids after they are um, of age. But then that kid has to agree with it. And they have to agree to come. And so today's your, your day where you get to agree to come. So you've, cho you've been chosen, oh, don't, don't worry about that. He, kn he knows about that. Trust me, the agency, let them know. They know. They know you're a liar. We, listen, it's okay. He said, I still want you. I still want you. He knows you still. Listen, physical possessions, other people's men, other people's women, we, he knows. And he's like, it's good. Come home with me because I got everything you need to handle that problem. Everything that you need, I can, I can handle it. And trust me, once you come home with me, all the love you receive, all the affirmation you receive, provision is here. I know you've lived in lack, but I have abundance. I know you've lived with questions, but I have answers. I know you've lived outside of love, and the love that you need, but I have the love, and I don't just have love, but I have the love you need. 
You ever feel like somebody wants to love you, but they just couldn't do it right? God says, not only do I want to love you, but I can actually do it right. And so right now, we just denounce the spirit of the orphan. And we say, Father, I admit that I am struggling to connect with you in a healthy way because of the rejection I've experienced in my past. I ask you to forgive me for assuming that you were like other human beings who have hurt me. And I ask you to help me start the process of healing that I so desperately need. I give you permission to, be cleaning, to begin cleaning out the things in my life that hold me back from truly getting my identity from a heavenly father who loves me unconditionally. And so now God, we break the orphan spirit off your people. We've come out of agreement with it. No longer will we sit on the outskirts. No longer will we walk in paranoia. But we break that orphan spirit off of your people. And we embrace the spirit of adoption, the Father's love that comes to affirm, that comes to confirm. And we say the love of God overflow, overtake us, overwhelm us, oh God. We break the spirit of disappointment that comes from being an orphan. We break repetitive cycles of being let down. We break repetitive cycles of getting our hopes up just to be dropped in the dumps. We break the power of it in the name of Jesus. And we say your people will hope again. Your people will live again. Your people will hope again. Your people will live again. We break, oh God. That orphan spirit that makes us question the intentions of others. That makes us question the intentions of you, God our Father. And we loose this idea that the plans that you have for us are for a future. They're for a hope, oh God. And they come without the work of us. The manifestation of those plans will depend on what we do with it. But it doesn't change the fact that the plan exists. And so we instill, oh God, today in your people that the plan exists. Yes, I know you thought there was no plan for you. Yes, I know because it looks so different than the plan that he promised. But the plan still exists. The plan still exists. The plan still exists. And so we lose affirmation in these your people. We lose affirmation on these your people and we break it so we can enter into the mature process of sonship in Jesus' name.